All right, welcome to the Veteran Transition Podcast. This is going to be the first episode. We're uh, just getting this thing off the ground. Um, my name is Adam Couch, and I've uh, been doing this stuff a while informally, usually through some of the channels like uh, Veterati, uh, just LinkedIn, overall networking. Um, you know, so the whole point here is to capture the conversations that I normally have pretty much every week, uh, maybe every other week or so, um, and get this out to the masses rather than just holding the stories to myself or having to repeat myself, uh, when people ask for not necessarily advice, but, um, maybe some pointers, I guess you would say. So a little bit about myself. Yeah. You know, I, I went in the Marine Corps, um, before nine 11, um, is actually July of 2000 to be exact. Uh, Bill Clinton was still in, in office. Um, I definitely was not a very good high school student. Um, probably an average athlete generally lacked inspiration, purpose, and drive. Um, however, with the events of nine 11, the global war on terrorism, you know, I, I happened to be in the right place at the right time. Uh, when I exited the Marine Corps in 2005, you know, during my time in the service, I was primarily assigned to 2nd Battalion, 4th Marines, which is an infantry unit. However, I served as an intelligence analyst, um, and which was great. You know, I had a great time. Um, I was very fortunate that my parents had uh, put me on a track to do something other than the infantry. Not that I don't love the infantry. Um, I, you know... For a little context, I always wanted to be in like a three-letter agency. Um, probably more wanted to be be Maverick from Top Gun, um, as any kid growing up in the '80s wanted to be. Um, however, I was never very good at math, um, so being an astronaut or a uh, you know a pilot quickly uh, <laughs> fell off the table as an option. Um, but due to you know, kind of the sneakiness of it and, uh, just want to do something cool. I want, I actually looked at Intel, um, scored good enough despite my grades being uh, lackluster at best, um, got into Intel and, uh, you know, unfortunately, um, and fortunately with the events of nine 11, I happened to be in the service at the time where, uh, it was, it was kind of a technology revolution, I guess you would say. Uh, when I first got to two, four, there was, really a handful of computers in the battalion. Um, we were still, still using three and a half inch floppies, CRT monitors, you name it. You know, it was, it was, it was barely internet connectivity back then. Um, but that quickly changed, right? we saw the, the technology revolution come on with, uh, databases. A lot of the, the, the terrorism stuff was, uh, interwoven with, uh, you know, other government agencies and other defense agencies and the data that they were, uh, really collating. They're just collecting tons of data, which, you know, I'm not going to get into, uh, some of the laws that were passed and all that. Um, but I was able to benefit from seeing how computers could be used to, uh, do the analysis, um, build intelligence products communicate, collaborate, uh, you name it. So 
uh, I actually learned how to spell on the computer. Um, you know, going into intelligence, you, you do need to learn how to read, write, and uh, present. Um, none of which I was good at. Uh, I, I like to joke that I didn't know the difference between the words there, there, and there. Literally, did not know uh, which one to use at any given time. And I learned because of little squiggly lines on Word, which tell you or indicate that you're using the wrong word, uh, maybe the spelling or the grammar. And I kind of just deduced what I should do from there. So tells you a little bit about my education or, or willingness to learn when I was you know, in high school and certainly leading up to the age of 18. Um, I turned 19 shortly after 9-11. And uh, from there, it was a whirlwind. We were, you know, basically put on standby. Um, kind of didn't know what was going to go on. Uh, I still have my notes from the morning of 9-11. I remember when the towers crashed. And, uh, you know, pivotal moment, of course, in history. And, of course, anybody's uh, personal life that, uh, if you can remember back then. So anyhow, I uh, did my tour uh, aboard ship uh, during you know OIF and OEF. Eventually did go in OIF2 over to Ramadi, Iraq. Whole nother story. Um, a lot of stories there. But the biggest thing that came out of that is I learned about these different computer systems. I used the systems, uh, the integration. Uh, got a lot of experience, of course, in the combat zone. Doing intelligence, target packages, um, familiarizing yourself with a lot of the terms that are used in cybersecurity, which you know will come into play later on down the road in this story. Um, things like risk, threat, incident, vulnerability, um, still things that resonate in my uh, everyday duties as a cybersecurity consultant today. So I uh, got out of the Marine Corps, ended up going back to my parents' house, basically took a little vacation for a year, bartended community college, not going too far. Uh, decided to take up the government contracting opportunities that a lot of my friends uh, were doing, making some pretty solid money. And uh, Cliff Notes version, did some government service work um, on contract, went overseas, did some radar integration, um, imagery analysis, you know, unmanned plane mission planning, that sort of stuff. Did a couple de uh, deployments doing that, and then um, hopped into C two system command and control system uh, integration, instruction, administration, etc. Uh, which is really where I learned a lot of the hands on computer administration and engineering tasks. So I would like to say I'm not a, a master of any of them. I was fortunate enough to get assigned a uh, system that required application administration, database, network, operating systems. Uh, so the full stack of technology today, uh, minus the cloud. The cloud was, existed, but it wasn't uh, as prevalent then, and it's still hard to do anything in the, in the cloud in government. Um, so uh, along the way, I was finishing my, my education and uh, I ended up going to grad school. And during the grad school uh, coursework, I took a information system security class and it all kind of clicked, you know, is the standard Marine Corps jargon, security jargon that I had been used to speaking about for a long time in a, in a physical security sense. However, it, now it was being applied to uh, 
computer systems. So I said to myself, why in the heck am I not focusing on this? I know all these terms, the concepts, and I know how to now apply it in a technical sense. And that was really the beginning of my journey into cybersecurity consulting. I was very fortunate where uh, I was picked up by a small company uh, here in Southern California. Um, there, um, a man by the name of Mike Gentili. Can't thank enough for the opportunities uh, afforded to me by him. And uh, we ended up working together for over a decade and multiple companies. And from there, uh, we were off and running, just doing projects, uh, eventually managing teams, of course, departments, larger projects, you know, um, so on and so forth. So that was my, my, um, transition, if you will, into, uh, where I got to today. So now people ask me, you know, what are you doing today? Um, so currently I run a consultancy called Socium Security. We are a uh, full service cybersecurity consulting business. Do a lot of assessments, pen tests, program builds, uh, architecture reviews, cloud, SDLC, uh, you name it, pretty much do it. Um, not a lot of engineering, but, uh, you know, it's good, honest work and uh, helps me uh, provide for my family, keeps me definitely busy, um, pays decent as well. So that's where we're at today. Um, outside of that, have three children, beautiful wife, um, also but pretty much a full-time job. And then I've gotten into investing over the years. So uh, investing could be in you know, smaller companies, uh, tech, uh, you know, early stage tech startups, uh, certainly some real estate um, in, various, in various ways. Um, and those are all separate conversations that you know, I'm sure we'll get into over the course of the podcast, especially as I start talking with some of the uh, colleagues and, and, and friends in my, in my network. Um, I hope to open up this podcast to a lot more people than just my network, but that's usually where it starts because that's the easiest people to get on, the the ones that you trust, uh, the ones that you're talking to anyways. And uh, so we'll see where it goes. All right, so what is this podcast going to look like as we bring on people? Um, we're going to have a standard format. Really want to talk about who this guest is, You know, how did we meet, um, you know, really what each one of the guests is up to today. Um, we really want to understand how people are getting from point A to F, as I say. And I get a lot of questions on that. Why A to F? Why not B or C? Um, really the, the reason is, uh, you know, over the years talking to people, it doesn't matter if you're transitioning in cybersecurity um, or sales or legal or, you know, whatever the, the profession is, it seems like it is common for, especially nowadays, uh, nobody's patient for a lot of people to, um, envision themselves going right into their dream job, which may be true. And it certainly is attainable. Um, however, more often than not, we see a lot of people that they're typically maybe three or four moves away from where they actually want to be, where they think they're, they're going to go. Um, but that's not a straight line. People kind of bounce around to get to where they want to go, myself included. 
So A to F, um, it's, you know, it's not three moves. It's not 20 moves, but it's there to inspire our listeners and help them understand that most of the people that we're going to bring on here, they didn't just slide into that dream job, right? Uh, there was a few moves. There's a lot of self-discovery. There's a little bit of luck. Education, of course. I mean, these are all just factors that, um, you know, they're, they're all variables that we each deal with differently. They all hit us differently. But uh, A to F, you know, that's what we're going to focus on. Um, everybody, especially in the veteran community, comes from a much, you know, it's a, it's a very diverse background. Uh, I, I grew up middle class, um, West Coast here in Southern California. Uh, but we're going to bring on people that are from the East coast, probably even from out of the country. Um, people that come from <laughs> a lot of different job fields in the, in the military and, uh, they've made their way into cyber. We're also going to bring on some non cyber people just to mix it up, keep it interesting. Um, and we're going to keep hunting for those great stories and anecdotes for the listeners to hopefully take something away that they can either feel um, you know, like they're on the right path to, to getting to where they want to go, whether or not that's in cyber, it doesn't really matter. Um, but we want to, to inspire people, educate people, you know, kind of show the light, um, and give people options. Um, I like to say, you know, options are power. So it gives you the ability to say, no, we never want to be stuck in our journey. I would also like to help people be realistic with their goals. It is very difficult to go from not knowing how to operate a computer or knowing what a certain, uh, let's say, operating system uh, might be able to do um, as opposed to another, you know, in the at least in the cyber world. And going from that to a pen tester right out of the gate, which for some reason seems to be the case. Everybody wants to be a pen tester. Um, which is admirable. And of course, most people can get there with enough time and dedication. But, uh, you know, if you're not really technical out of the gate, you're not interested in tinkering, um, you know, maybe you should look at something a little bit uh, more sociable. Um, you know, it could be something in like policy or GRC, uh, governance, risk, and compliance. If you don't know what G GRC is, sales, sales engineering, you know, those types of things. So there's a lot of opportunity out there, but we want to talk about goals, um, goals that are attainable, um, in the profession, but also how do we set a track for goals that are not, not professional, they're personal because really that's the fire that keeps us going. At least I feel like it's the fire that keeps us going. If I'm only concerned about getting a certain job title, number of clients, revenue, et cetera. Um, that is, that's pretty tough. It's a long journey and it's a long journey into the profession that you're trying to get into. So I think that there's a lot of value and, um, a lot, just probably a lot of, a lot more to be said for the fire within you to perhaps buy a house, you know, be able to have a certain lifestyle because those are the things, those are long, that's like the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, the long pole in the tent, you know, whatever analogy you want to use, 
those are the things that your career is going to help you, um, you know, attain. And as veterans, we get out of the service and oftentimes a lot of us take a step back. We may not know what we want to do. We may not know what's available to us. And so those are some other things that we want to get into is what's available to us. You know, what are the things that you can do that you may not have thought about? What are other veterans doing? Um, so we're going to bring on people that have that knowledge, have the insight, hopefully give you something to think about that maybe you didn't get from your current peers, network, you know, mentors, um, and that sort of thing. As an example, now that I've been in the cybersecurity field for over a decade, and I like to say that I've been in it for over 20 years since there was no cybersecurity when I went in the Marine Corps, there was information assurance, which was a discipline um, that really uh, we, we trained to. We did our IA training every year, um, but it was, you know, don't disclose secrets. Don't give people access to things that they shouldn't have access to. Um, anyhow, th- that was the foundation for cybersecurity in the Marine Corps, at least. Um, it wasn't until years later that they were starting to build, you know, the red teams, the blue teams, uh, a sole focus on cybersecurity. And uh, so that, that's a little you know, background on you know, my experience and kind of where I'm coming from. But what did I wish I knew when I was getting out of the Marine Corps? You know, there's not many things I would do differently because I have a really great life. I have more than I need. However, if I was to do something differently, I probably would have explored the big four consultant route. And I only say that because I feel like looking back, it is a great transition route for a young service member coming out of the you know, military and going into another big machine, they have incredible training programs. They have an onboarding, they have mentorship, they have clear defined career paths. And it's probably something I would have latched onto had I known what I actually was interested in or what I was good at. But that wasn't the case. I came out of the Marine Corps thinking that I wanted to go into a three-letter agency going back to my Intel roots and desire to, you know, basically be CIA agent. Um, and I'll touch on that a little bit more later, but I didn't know anything about what a consultant is. I didn't know anything about lawyers. You know, now I, I work with lawyers all the time and I find it fascinating, you know, the ability to kind of take a problem and looking at it from different angles and arguing one way or another, reading between the lines uh, there's a lot that goes on there, and it's not all just cigars, mahogany, wood, and um, you know, brandy at four o'clock. So, I think that I would have really entertained a wider scope of professions had I understood myself better and what was available as professions. But that wasn't the case. I can't change it. So here I am. But what I can do is pass those those things along to other veterans and hope that I inspire and open the eyes to those that um, you know are willing to listen. So going back and touching on how I ended up in cyber a little bit more in depth, 
Um, I knew that I wanted to go into a three-letter agency. I wasn't sure which one, but a year after the Marine Corps, I made the decision to uh, marry my wife. And that changed some things, right? I mean, we, we decided to get married. We took jobs. And, and, you know, about a year later, we bought a house. So we ended up settling in um, San Diego. And we we're making pretty darn good money for our age. Um, we weren't even our in our mid-20s yet. So as I finished my grad, or, or I graduated with my bachelor's, I did start applying to the three letters and I was getting basically accepted and I even got some offers, but the terms of those were basically you're at the whim of the agency, right? So <laughs> that wasn't very conducive to my marriage. Um, we probably weren't moving and if I was moving, it'd probably be by myself and I didn't plan on getting divorced. So uh, I kind of ate it and I looked at, uh, law enforcement, kind of the same thing. Um, wasn't feeling it. The vibe, um, just really wasn't for me in the end. And I love law enforcement. You know, I got a lot of friends in law enforcement, of course. Um, so it's nothing personal. It was just my personality, the way I go about things, uh, probably wasn't going to be a great fit. And so I found myself again, digging for what is next all along. I'm doing a, a technical job and, you know, I'm writing curriculum. I'm, doing overseas support, you know, back to Afghanistan, Iraq for a, a C2 system, um, you know, coming up with, uh, lessons learned and, you know, PowerPoint decks and learning how to integrate, you know, one system to the other. Um, we're talking, you know, collaborative systems that, uh, they're not necessarily meant to talk together, but there are software and network bridges that were created to integrate things like, ground control systems, um, the air T C two systems, artillery, uh, or in indirect fire in general, uh, later came logistics. So, you know, I, I was fortunate where I was in the middle of all that. And I was fortunate that I had the background and experience from a combat deployment and the tactical experience of being in, in, in a Marine Corps battalion. Uh, I also got to serve at the 1st Marine Division G2 or Intel shop when I, when I first hit the fleet uh, right out of Intel school. So that was cool. And that was all, again, pre-Iraq War stuff. So you, you get to see kind of a 360 uh, view of the battlefield, how things come together. Um you know, the behind the scenes that most service members probably don't see, certainly not in the infantry, right? Because, I mean, the, the infantry, um, again, with all due respect, for, at least from most of my conversations, I have a lot of buddies from, in the infantry uh, still, they, <laughs> they like to joke that they think that the, the, uh, the missions that they're going on are, are just like a, you know, the, the, the lieutenant gets a wild hair up his rear end and it's like, all right, gents, let's go uh, knock down these doors and find the bad guys. Right. And so I had the luxury of understanding where that information is coming from, oftentimes passing that information, doing the analysis, creating target packages, etc. And uh, so all along the way, it kind of 
built my confidence in the ability to speak to something, figure out the unknown, you know, and, and that's where I think one of my strengths is, is I started to learn, especially from the Marine Corps, getting the confidence in the Marine Corps. You don't always know uh, what you're doing, where you're going, why you're doing it, uh, but you figure it out. And so I figure my, I, I kind of think of myself as somebody that, you know, what am I good at? Figuring it out, whatever it is that day, month, year, in the moment. So much so that most of the jobs that I took after the Marine Corps were all, you know, I was hired on confidence in the ability to project the confidence that I would figure it out. You know, and it sounds silly, but um, even bartending, you know, I bartended for a bit. Uh, I didn't know how to mix drinks, um, but, but I was able to get in there and make friends and uh, with the bartenders and get hired on that, on that staff. Uh, same thing though with C2 systems, um, you know, predator systems, SAR radar, etc. I barely knew how to, you know, spell any of that stuff, but I knew I could figure it out. And I was also very fortunate where I had friends and points of contact in these different, uh, government contracting companies that would vouch for me. And if it wasn't for that, I have no idea where I'd be. Um, most likely not as far as I've gotten. And I can't thank those people enough, which is again, why we're doing this podcast. Cause we all need uh, to hear that. And, um, you know, I still use that network, still building the network, maintaining the network, still talking to people from you know, 15, 20 years ago. And it may not be every month that we talk, but certainly a couple times a year, once a year for some of the, the ones from long ago. But uh, the, I can't thank my network enough. Of course, the Marine Corps, the Marines, um, the other service members, you know, for all the opportunities that have been afforded to me. So in closing for today on this introductory uh, podcast episode, I want to leave you know, with one of my lessons learned, and that's how we're going to close most of the episodes is with our guests talking about their lessons learned. And one of the biggest ones for me, it was to take risks and take a chance. I didn't know this at the time. Um, I was more driven by probably fear, fear of not having a job, certainly not having money, being able to pay my bills, uh, probably the pride that goes with having and maintaining a job. But, um, all that said, I kept taking risks on jobs that I did not know how to do. Literally did not know how to do. I would show up and learn how to analyze ground penetrating radar images, which aren't even images, right? But they are, um, signals from energy beam down from an unmanned plane, and then it sends a signal back. And essentially you have to interpret that. Um, you know, I took a risk on that. I thought I was going to get fired. Uh, I, I didn't like the job. So I, I did end up quitting after I found another job in the C2 system world. And, and that system, I had no business, um, <laughs> I had no business teaching that thing. In fact, one of the first classes I taught, uh, I knew it was rough. And one of the, the students kind of gave me some interesting feedback, like, ah, oh, yeah, it's not what I thought it would be. And years later, that, that person came back through the class and said, you know, this has come an amazingly long way. And it was a, it was a learning moment for me where I realized, yeah, you know, take the chance, get in there and do something. Because what I did learn along the way when, when I was doing these things that I didn't like, 
is I'd learned what I didn't want to do. Or I learned the profile of a job that I didn't want. And oftentimes when you're transitioning, you're trying to get to success or you're trying to get to, you know, from point A to B, A to C, right? Not even F. Um, you need to learn about yourself and you need to understand what you don't want to do because that's just as valuable as knowing what you do want to do. And so I encourage you all to take chances, especially when you're young. Um, if you can help it, you know, don't tie yourself down with, uh, maybe the house. If, you know, if you're wanting to get married and, you know, knock yourself out, that's, that's great. Love is, is wonderful. Um, but just remember it does limit you a little bit from taking some chances, right? So you got to pay that mortgage. You have another mouth to feed. Certainly kids factor into that. That's why I had children probably a lot later than most. Um, but I was able to take chances. I was able to ride the economic downturn of 2008. Um, I figured out essentially through trial and error what I didn't want to do. And eventually it led me to what I did think I would be good at. And once I tried that cybersecurity consulting, I had a passion for the people, the probably the constant change, which I love, uh, the variables within the industry, you know, so there's a lot to talk about there within a uh, cybersecurity consulting and maybe that'll be the next episode. I'm not sure, but, uh, you know, that's what I want to leave with you all with today. And thank you for tuning in. I am excited to meet and learn more about our listeners. Take care.